Welcome to the Sons and Daughters podcast. I am your host, Arden Bevere, and today we are talking on a very important subject around depression. I know this is a tough topic, but we really want to provide uh, conversations and and really hope for those that are struggling through this. And so uh, many of our generation in our day and age, they struggle with this, and I feel like it's something that's not talked about enough. And so we want to talk about how to overcome mental struggles. And today I'm actually joined with my brother, Austin, and my friend, Brooke, who are going to help us guide through this conversation. Ooh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I think um, I'm really excited to talk about this because I've just seen how believers have navigated this in the past and just kind of how the conversation gets um, ignored or danced around. And I think that we need to just come at it and from a place of honesty and vulnerability and not from condemnation. And so I'm excited to, to talk about it today with you guys. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe I got growing up was you just need to get past that or, you know, you're probably doing something wrong. Maybe you should just praise more or something like that, which that very much helps. But I think it's good to kind of bring a little bit more perspective to it. So we actually do have some statistics, and that's a fun word to say. Um, but I'm just going to rattle off a few. And so here we go. All right, the first one is 7% of the U.S. struggles with depression. That's the National Institute of Medical Health. And then this is interesting. Part of the reason why we're bringing it up today is over the past few years, there's been about a 47% increase in depression um, ages 8 to 34. Sorry, 18 to 34. So as you can see, like, for our age group, it's on the rise, which is not good. So, and that's part of the reason why we're bringing it up. So, um, depression is a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed moods. And I would just like to say something. I've grown up my whole life with the rule that you can't use the word inside of the definition. So, I don't really understand why WebMD was able to get away with this. Someone <laughs> needs to call them out. Um, but anyway, so basically, it's where you have a depressed mood. And so, yeah. um, and you lose interest in activities um, and basically your daily life kind of gets affected by it, so. Yeah, yeah. and um, I've heard it described too from some of my friends who have walked through with this of just kind of like a fog, you know, just like yep. this mental block that you can't um, get past or you're not sure how to navigate. Um, and for me, I this isn't something that, like I wanna make sure that I come from the place of, you know, this isn't something I have, personally walked through um, in my mind and in um, my mental space, but it is something that I have walked alongside a few of my friends and um, even my my little sister. This is something that we've, nav we've navigated with her and just been on the journey with her since she was about 12. Um, since she was 12 and I was about 15 was when um, she started to, um, you know, have those depressive feelings and those thoughts and didn't know how to, how to work through them or how to um, navigate them. And so for me, over the past, what has that been like, seven-ish years, five, six years, it's been this journey of discovering what it looks like, what what my part is to play in that. And so, um, you know, I, I just kind of want to share with everyone today from a different side of not necessarily how I have navigated my, you know, my depression. It's been in how I've navigated and come alongside someone who's very close to me who has walked through that. And so I've, I'm going to share two, two things um, that I learned, that I've learned over the past few years um, with my sister. And the first one is something that I think is really important is that your job isn't to fix them. Um, I think that the church has kind of, and 
believers in general have labeled people who struggle with depression as extra broken. Like there's something extra wrong with them. There's a, this, there's something missing that, you know, we, that is like worse than what's missing inside of all of us. And, and the truth is, is that we're all broken. Um, the truth is, is that we're all walking through things that, um, we don't know how to perfectly navigate. We don't know how to perfectly do. Um, and I, and, and, I, it reminds me of the verse in Romans that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I think for my sister, it was very isolating to have Christians and even sometimes my parents or people um, just try to fix them, try to have the right thing to say. And I discovered very early on that if there was a right thing to say, people would be saying it. Um, and so for me, what this looked like is simply being with her. Um, something that I learned very early on is that is that it only makes it worse when you you try to be the solution for them. And it is so hard um, to not want to do that, especially when you love to fix things and you love to watch people walk in freedom. But it's not our job as humans to do the fixing. Um, we point to the one who is the fixer. And I remember one night, um, my sister, you know, every night she would sometimes lock herself in her room where she wouldn't know how to navigate things. She wouldn't know how to explain what she was feeling. And all that I knew to do was to just sit outside her room. Um, I would sit outside her room. I would sit with her on the bathroom floor, whatever that looked like, and I would just pray for her. And most of the times, not out loud. I, I found that the more that I tried to talk, the more that I didn't know how to fix it. Um, and and it just reminds me also of Psalm 34. It says, the Lord is close to the broken heart and saves those um, who are crushed in spirit. And so for that, for that one, just realizing that there's not this extra broken part of them that I'm trying to fix, that that's not my job, that the Lord actually has that, that freedom for the, for them, you know, for people who are walking through that. Um, and just the second one really quick was that this is going to become a tool and a weapon in their life. And that's not, um, the easiest thing to navigate and to hear when you're walking through it. But I have watched as, um, my sister just this past year, uh, she was in a leadership position and she was able to do the same thing that I did for her. She was able to sit with a young girl who was walking through something that she couldn't understand, that she didn't know. And the only thing my sister knew to do was sit with her because that's what I had done. And so her um, her walking through depression actually gave her the tools to help somebody else who was that I will never be able to have, that I'll never be able to wield. And I think that the enemy knows that and the enemy wants to try to keep them from using that freedom to set other people free. And um, the verse in Ephesians that says, you know, what becomes a light illuminates others. Like it, it actually, the light makes you become a light. And so as she's been walking in more light, I've just seen that come alive in her of that. She's actually setting other people free with this thing that used to bind her. And so that's kind of what I've navigated and seen is, is that, you know, you're not trying to fix them. They're not extra broken and that this is actually going to become a tool and a weapon in their life. So. I love that. And I, lo I love that you mentioned um, Psalm 34 because I, I've been finding, you know, I had a, I had a close friend um, when I was in high school who just moved away and he just, he got in such a broken place as he moved away from all of his friends and everything that he ended up com and, you know, committing suicide. And it was just from this depression that he sunk into. And, and I actually love it um, that you use Psalms because um, I find it in this, this, honestly, this area of Psalms where it's going through, I think it's like Psalms 33 through 36 or 37. But David is in this like such a hardship moment where he is just constantly, he's crying out to God. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's got such a hopeless situation around him and he's trying to, to figure out what's the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and I love it because I think it's, it's either 37 or 38, but the, the chapter's title for that is Joy is My Salvation. 
And it's like through all of this, as he's breaking down all of these things that are going wrong, he just says, joy is my salvation. And I love that uh, because I think that's so true. And just like what you're talking about, sitting down with your sister in those moments, like, what do I do? Like, what, how, how do I even help? And it's like, I, I just feel like when you read through those chapters with the psalm, you see and you can relate to David. You're like, man, I'm going through troubles right now. Yeah. And, and you're seeing David going through it, but then David's just completely just flips the script. Yeah, and, and it's not, it's not, well, I was going to say, it's not, it's not like a, someone's preaching to him. It's not mm-hmm. like, it's like God's working on side of him. God's working within him. God's having those people that are, uh, you know, speaking to him, not, not, you know, having them people praying and, and sitting down with them, but then God just flips the script and shows joy is his salvation. And I yeah. Love that. And, and what I love that David does is, is a lot in almost every Psalm, some of them will start off and it, he is in so much despair. Mm-hmm. You're reading this and, and sometimes you're like, okay, you're being a little dramatic, David, like, like, and, and you're reading it and it's such intense emotions that he's feeling so much despair, so much worry. You know, there's literally people coming from all angles wanting to kill him. He's hiding in caves. You know, I can't imagine how, how that would feel, you know, what, what would be running through your mind. And so you read those, but what's interesting is, is at the end of every Psalm that he writes, that's like that, there is this flip kind of like what you said, mm-hmm. where he says, but the Lord but the Lord, you know, but he is my salvation. He is a refuge. He is my joy. And, and I, and I, you know, stretch out to say that he probably didn't 100% believe that every time he said it, um, especially reading the verses just beforehand, but he always ended any, any of those thoughts or any of those worries and fears with, with truth and just speaking it over himself. And that transforms us. That renews our mind. Yeah. And I'll say this, like one of, when I was researching this, one of the big things is it can just be your personality. Like literally, the fact that your genetics, the fact like your makeup can be more prone towards depression. And even I think David, King David felt things more deeply than other people. And so I know from my personality, I'm way more prone to have depression like things or to be depressed than maybe Alec, who's a lot more loves people, loves being outgoing, very a lot more bubbly personality. And so I would say this, if you're struggling with depression, like be, be nice to yourself about it. Um, allow God to walk you through it because he loves to do that. He made you the way you are. He made you very intentionally that way. And kind of what Brooke was talking about, her, what happened with her sister, God will ultimately use everything that's happening in your life for your good, or excuse me, for the good of other people, for your good. Um, and so I would encourage you is walk through that process because you're going to be able to help other people on the other side. And, um, there's something else that, as I was just like praying for this this session, I felt really strong in my heart was, um, I was on a plane last weekend and I heard this gentleman talking. We, we were we were traveling together and he he was talking about calling. And I think oftentimes, sometimes we get depressed because we see pictures of the way life should go, and our lives oftentimes seem very different from the picture that we had in our heads. And life life can be difficult. And so what I loved is he was talking about. Um, your calling, and he's like, hey, do you love to play tennis? That's your calling. Do you love to write? That's your calling. And I think it's, I think sometimes as Christians, we want to know, hey, what's this big thing I'm called to do? And we see our lives not stacking up to a 30, sorry, a 90-minute movie, we start getting depressed or we start getting sad. And so I want to encourage you, um, there's a verse in Proverbs that has so much meaning. It's Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart, heart sick 
but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I would encourage you guys, go after the dreams that God has placed on your heart. And here's another thing that goes with that. Don't give up easily. Because oftentimes when we have something on our heart, it's easy to give up. It's in when you do that, you uh, experience a pattern of failure and you feel like, man, I'm a failure. And I would encourage you, if there's something God has placed on your heart, continue to go after that continue to press into that. And because when you get those victories, I mean, a lot of life is that, is walking through those challenges and receiving those victories. But when you cut things short, um, you miss that chance for victory. And I'll be honest, I remember when I was in high school, just even interacting with other kids, sometimes I'd be like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do in these situations. And I would I would kind of be reclusive because it's like, I don't even want to mess with people. Like I don't, it's relationships are tough. Or, or whether that was a subject in school or a sport where I was like, man, I don't feel like I'm excelling enough in this. I'm just going to kind of wing it and kind of not give it my all. And I would encourage you, whatever you you go, like you determine to go after, go after it wholeheartedly. So if that's a relationship, whether that's an, uh, a career, an achievement, whatever it is, go after it wholeheartedly and go to victory. Because when you experience those victories, it helps you overcome those feelings of loss or depression. Does that make sense? But I felt that so strong um, when I was preparing for this is like, don't give up on your dreams and don't give up on what you're working on right now. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Everything everything that you just said was so true. Um, I just want to reaffirm it because I, I, I really, you know, I, I've, I discovered that, you know, like what you said in the beginning, that it's the, you know, honestly, it's for people, it's people who feel more deeply. And mm-hmm. that depression is not this. We, we people, we see that, you know, hey, it's kind of like rewriting the script where it's like depression is not this, this thing where, oh, that person feels, you know, depression, there's something wrong with them. It's like no understanding that there is so much yeah. actually depth to that person. And can I say like one more story? I went yeah. on a, was with mom assisting her at a, at a prophetic conference. And actually the first night that was something they did, they, they did, hey, we want to do an altar call for people who are depressed or suicidal. And it was nuts because so many people in that conference came forward, like way more than you'd think. And and afterwards, I was talking to people about it, and was, there's a strong, there is a more of a tie to feel things really heavily if you have a prophetic calling on your life. And so if you're listening and you're like, man, I feel heaviness, that's because you feel things heavier than other people. You may be sensing things that other people aren't sensing. So don't always take it like as a, man, I have to fix this. Like, that's why I encourage you walk through this with God. Yeah. And that's, that's where I've begun to see my sister find victory is when she was able to connect it to her passions in the way of she's a musician. And so she's able to connect to people through lyrics, through music in a way that I'll never be able to because of the way she feels deeply and other people are able to connect to that in different ways. And it's, it's honestly inspiring. Um, and like the main thing when I was praying, the main thing that I wanted to kind of communicate to people, if you're walking through, if you're struggling with it, with it, um, is that it's not an epidemic, that it's not, um, some disease that you have caught that you need, you need to be cured from. I think that it's, and you're not alone in it. And I think that learning to wield that as a weapon is what's going to change everything. And that it's not extra broken. It's not, you know, something that's wrong that the church needs to try to fix so that you need to find a solution for. Yeah. I love that. So you guys have made a lot of, a lot of great points. So I would love it if you guys can just drive home some, some, uh, practical things for people that you guys want for people that are one battling with depression or have people in their lives that they can take away from this. For my sister, what I've encouraged her to do that, um, I've done alongside of her, um, is getting in the word and reading it out loud over yourself. Um, one, because the spoken word is so powerful. Um, and two, 
emphasizing doing it with her. Um, so if there's someone in your life that is walking through this, it's it's kind of like telling somebody who needs to, you know, work out maybe to lose weight to be like, hey, like, go to the gym. It's like, oh, I never thought of that. You know, but if you go and you drive there and you pick them up and you go with them and you're working out with them, like, that is going to yield so much more. And so for me, it's like not just saying, hey, go read the Bible or hey, go pray. It's like, I'm going to go with her. I'm going to take the word. We're going to read this out loud. We're going to figure out what this looks like for your life to use it as a weapon. And so reading the word out loud is the number one practical thing that I could say. Okay. I completely agree with that. I think that's fantastic. I'll rapid fire a few. I'd say um, I've mentioned this twice already. Um, Be kind to yourself through it for sure. That's really good. Um, The next thing is, is God has put passions on your life. So don't feel like, Hey, I have no passion. God has put passions on your life. Be bold and brave enough to go after those things. And the third, which we haven't mentioned yet, is find someone who's not going to judge you, who loves you, kind of like Brooke, what Brooke was able to do with her sister. Find someone who loves you and open up um, with the struggle you're going through. Those are three three things I'd recommend. Yeah. And along with that, um, I would say if you feel like, hey, I should go to counseling for this, we encourage you to do that. There's nothing wrong with getting professional help and um, good ways to look, do that is to look for a Christian counselor in your area or even ask um, at your church. A lot of times church will either um, help with that or they'll be able to point you in a direction where you'll be able to find good counseling. Well, guys, we hope that this conversation has been uh, very helpful and I hope that this is going to be helpful for you or helpful for if you have a friend going through depression, just how to navigate that. Um, if you guys enjoy the show, please make sure to subscribe so that you do not miss our next episode. Also, please leave a comment or testimony in on iTunes. We love hearing from you guys. We love having these conversations and doing them around topics that are relevant to you guys. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.